Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in imported beer circles that aren't really imported because they're made on U.S. soil. Yeah. With me, as always, I have the sleek and the smooth, uh, looking about 20 years younger than he normally looks, Mr. Uh, uh, slick Man himself. Sean Quigley, a.k.a. The Quig, as he is known in playground building circles. Uh, Sean, how are you, sir? Um, I'm good. Well, mm -hmm. um, yeah, building a playground, as you say. Uh, just moved into the um, – I moved into uh, white people country. Mm -hmm. uh, I did the thing that all, you know, uh, white people do in times of stress, and I, I flocked to my people – and I uh, moved to Ringwood, New Jersey, and I've not seen anyone of color um, since I moved here. Um, and I, and which is great because I just moved here, so I say this all the time to people. And I'm like, there are like um, there's some black people here, and I say it because I'm like, wow, this is weird, this is strange, and like, as in like, that's not like a good thing. And everyone who's already been here for a while, they look at me like it's an accusation, like they're like, uh. We haven't noticed. Uh, uh, <laughs> get out. I feel like I just walked into the garden party of Get Out, and I'm like, hmm, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ex ex excellent. Excellent. And with us, as always, we have the young, uh, the handsome, the uh, inquisitive, by, by looking at his eyebrows right now. You guys are not going to see this. This isn't recorded. This is only audio. But the hair is looking killer, I have to say. Thank you. Trim, and the hair is looking killer. Mr. Andrew Albegis, or AA, as he is known in uh, bilingual circles. Uh, how are you, sir? What's going on? Doing great. Doing great. Just working on the pronunciation. That's really the most difficult thing. Um, but, you know, otherwise, great. <laughs> great. And today, we have with us an extra special guest, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 83. We have young Mr. Anthony, Anthony Cologne, not Anthony. Cologne or Tony, as he's known in thumb breaking circles. Anthony, what's going on? How are you? How's it going, everyone? Yeah, no, Anthony is actually the Spanish pronunciation. So it's oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. Anthony, welcome, Anthony. <laughs> exactly. You got it. See? Fluent. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So, folks, for those of you that don't know what we do here on our uh, podcast, we uh, look at various subjects in the popular zeitgeist, and we try to break them down to see what the hell is really going on. And at the same time, the main reason for the show is really to try different drinks and then to grade them at the end. And today, our drink of choice, let's bring out the star here, is 
Presidente Pilsner, made by the, uh, where is it, is the name of the brewery? Is it, it's just Presidente Cerveza, but it is a, a Dominican Pilsner, which I found out after I bought the bottles and brought them home, that they actually brewing this in St. Louis, Missouri. So very obviously InBev, and I could be wrong on this, InBev bought them out. And if you don't know who InBev is, that's the big Belgian consortium that bought out Budweiser. And uh, they probably bought them. And to add insult to injury, they said it's brewed in St. Louis, Missouri, in the USA for a fresher taste. So <laughs> I'm telling everybody in the DR that they're getting stale beer. I, I don't know how else to interpret this little writing on the beer box. Although we have one outlier in tonight's episode, um, don't we, Mr. Uh, Quigley? Along with my uh, comment about the white people um, <laughs> up here, the um, Presidente beer did not make it this close to the um, New York border either. Um, so I uh, I ran sort of with the theme. I figured I'm already an outlier. Um, none of this uh, Republican garbage that uh, you're as in the Republic, not Republicans. Uh, <laughs> um, and I went with uh, my gut and I got a King Gabronus. Got a nice King on it um, by Jersey Girl Brewing Company out of Hackettstown, New Jersey. Oh, it's a triple. It's ten percent. So by the end of this podcast, we'll see how <laughs> my quarter of this frame is working out. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I'm actually kind of excited by it. I only got it because it was the only. Th I was looking for something vaguely related to, you know, president, presidents, dictatorship or whatever <laughs> um, this is the I found, and I would have got it regardless and but it does actually sound like something I would enjoy drinking so we'll see what's, what, what's the name again so I can look up the stats on this thing it's a King Gabrinus G-A-M-B-R-I-N-U-S Jersey Girl Company which is funny because they must have had some sort of lawsuit or some sort of issue at some point because it says on the can, Jersey Girl Brewing is not affiliated with Jersey Girl Wine by Jada Winery of Paso Robles, California. Uh, important, uh, important distinction. <laughs> it, it, yeah, because who yeah. doesn't confuse a Merlot and a freaking Belgian triple, honestly? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Jersey Girl Wine, that's just, that just sounds like problems. So you want to get <laughs> far away from that as you possibly can. Also, yeah, and it's also bullshit that you've got some winery out of California that who already has the copyright of Jersey Girl, the name Jersey Girl, which you can't copyright Jersey Girl. Like if anything, that's a Kevin Smith film. That's a, like, isn't it a film too? Yeah, that's a yeah. Film. Kevin Smith was <laughs> like nineteen, no, like two thousand two or something. So I don't know. It's weird. That is weird. Okay, well, it is a ten percent ABV, like you said, by volume, and there's no uh, information on the IBUs. So that's that. Pakistan, <laughs> Jersey. All right, folks, so today's uh, a subject of the uh, pop culture that we're delving into is the presidential election. Ooh, controversial. Uh, yeah. Controversial, yeah. Um, we obviously got some uh, exciting news about that because Joe Biden picked his uh, uh, vice president's uh, pick, Kamala Harris. Um, however, we will not be talking about Donald Trump and Joe Biden unless we're cursing one or the other out. We will be talking about a, about the presidential candidates that you don't generally hear about. 
So, you know, party, fourth party, all sorts of parties that you've never heard of. Um, a la the birthday party, which Kanye West is the presidential candidate from the birthday party. So we're going in that direction. We figured Kanye's going running for president. We're going to go stupid and just go run that way too with this episode. So that's where we are, folks. I'm going to be reading off some uh, 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 candidates here for us, and we'll take it from there. Yeah? Awesome. Right well, on. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how I do. See if we'll vote for them or not. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so let's well, well, let's start with the sh- star of the show, the beer, shall we? Let's give our listeners the sound they don't want to hear, the opening of the bottle, and let's take beers, yeah? Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, look at that. Listen to that. I will have to admit I cheated. I do have can- a can. That's fine. The can is fine. Can. Yeah, a, refreshing, a refreshing sound when you, you open it. You still did better than Sean because you found the beer. <laughs> I live in Queens. It was a lot easier. He <laughs> <laughs> does have an advantage. This is true. He does have an advantage. This episode is out to get me. <laughs> I, it's worth noting, just for a um, demographics like uh, thing for the podcast, my wife, my wonderful, gorgeous wife, just saw me uh, opening the can to the thing so that everybody can hear us opening the thing. And she gave me this look of absolute disgust. But this is what I was doing with my evening is I was sitting with a bunch of my friends virtually and recording the sound of cans opening for other people around the world to listen to. It's, it's, it's definitely ASMR. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is ASMR. And I mean, doesn't she know what you've been doing for the last two years? This is exactly what we've been I was doing. Gonna say, has she ever listened to the podcast? None. <laughs> yes, she, she's even been a guest on the podcast. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go, gents. Cheers. Yes. Oh, look at that. That looks good, Sean. I could drink this entire can in one in like in a heartbeat. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a really easy drinkable beer. Yeah. First impression. This is a beer, perfect beer for the last couple of days, which for those of you that don't know in the New York metro area, it's been hot as hell. Like 96 degrees Fahrenheit with, you know, 70% humidity, that kind of junk. Um, I mean, I was just outside, like, doing not a whole lot of physical labor or anything, just kind of some putzing around. And, like, I was so sweaty that the sweat was just coming down my legs like rivers, like I was peeing myself. It was just stupid. <laughs> so um, this this beer is made for these days so that you can just – Toss a bunch of these back and just enjoy yourself. And, and in terms of flavor, it's a Pilsner. It's a nice, uh, uh, um, robust flavor. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not one of these, like I said, mass-produced. Um, not that this isn't mass-produced. But, I mean, compared to a Bud or or even a Corona, for that matter, I'll take this over that any day of the week. Agreed. 100% agreed. This is one of my favorite beers. That's when, when you guys said it was going to be the beer of the of the podcast. I said, Perfect. Awesome. Gladly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That he's drinking out there? What, what is that? It's a Pilsner's glass. What's a Pilsner glass? From a friend of mine. I actually don't even know. It is a... I've never even heard of this beer. Pilsner Yerquel? Yerquel? <gasps> it's a Czech beer. It's one of the original Pilsners, I believe. Actually. Yes, that was a gift from a friend of mine who moved to Texas. When you hold the glass low and we can only see the top, it looks like a champagne glass. Oh, yeah. It does. It does. 
<laughs> but now, it's a Pilsner glass. Like when you just like, we just see it a little bit in the screen there. It's like, oh, is that a, is that a champagne? Yes, I drink my beer from a champagne glass. I am that bougie. <laughs> you just got a giant hat. You've got the opposite problem of the president, and your hands are so giant. Yeah. <laughs> the glass looks like a tiny champagne flute. <laughs> Full King Kong on it. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, but but that's terrible if you want to get a job like in one of these like JOI sites. You know, if you're going like, to grab your wang, your hand is so huge, and then you're. It's like, no, really, it's a 12-inch thing. Yeah, but you got hands like canned hands. It doesn't really – nobody knows now. The camera's like lying. <laughs> that SNL skit with, uh, the, the, when she has the little hands. And oh, yeah. A classic one, yes. That's right. <laughs> little hands come out. You never seen that? It's a very good skit. And like, um, what's her name? Not – yes. Uh, um, Bridesmaids and – Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters. oh yes. Yeah. Um, she's going to be in Wonder Woman. Kristen something? Kristen, yeah. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. I, I kept wanting to say Kristen Stewart, and I knew that wasn't right. I was like, not the bitch from Twilight. <laughs> Kristen. No, I didn't want to say no. that. So there we not go. The, not the, which I actually, I have a funny story about that. This is good when, um, oh, what was the movie? Uh, Snow, uh, Snow, uh, Snow White and the uh, Hunter was the first one. Yeah, oh, Huntsman. Yeah, Snow Huntsman, White. Yeah, right. And Charlize Theron was the wicked which, and then Kristen Stewart was was Snow White, and I was like, "In what effing universe is Kristen Stewart hotter than Charlize Theron? What are, you, what are these people doing?" And somebody was like, "Oh no, she's." And this was like right after Twilight, I, and somebody was arguing with me on Facebook, like, "Oh no, but blah blah this and that," and I'm like, "She was freaking smoking somebody's pole." I don't I don't get how anybody thought. And then it was literally like two weeks it came out that she was like stooping the director <laughs> and I was just and I just like posted that article and like did like one of these like a picture of myself and I just was just like <laughs> told you so <laughs> <laughs> you may say that I think Charlie Theron is perhaps she's maybe got the best track record for a Madonna style evolution of of being like as stunning as she is maybe it's the South African but she's like all the way from like Devil's Advocate in like the nineties, where she's almost unrecognizable to now. Mm-hmm. She, she's always been like bombshell. She is a yeah. classic beauty in every yeah, absolutely. modern classic beauty. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she's a little bit skinny for my taste, you know. Um, because I'd be worried, but you know what? I'll say this much for her. She's got what's that, Sean? She just load her up with some built on. <laughs> be proud. Um <laughs> uh for for me uh, uh she has gone the way of Sigourney Weaver. Oh, quite she's absolutely, excellent, adore. absolutely adore. She, She's an excellent actress. She's a tall woman and she basically makes a fantastic action star. Yeah. I was actually, I, I was going to say that. I was like, yeah, while while we're on the subject, something I've she, lately is she's like she's like the female whoever these days and like Chris Hemsworth or whoever you want to say. Because um, she's yeah. been in a bunch of action flicks that haven't necessarily done well, but she's like doing most of the stunt work herself. Yeah. There was like that movie Bond? she did with Thomas Bond. That was great. Comic Bond. I watched a plane going to New Zealand and I was floored by her. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and she just old, did. Old Guard. That was great too. I mean, the movie itself was like very good. I wouldn't say great, maybe, but she's great in it and it was a fun movie. That was cool. She's, she's fantastic in the movie. Uh, Old Guard to me, 
my description of that is like a bunch of other movies that I've seen. Their heart was in the right place, mm-hmm. but the execution was just bad. Yeah, you know, um, it was it was like let's do Highlander, but you know, not really talk about why they're they're just hanging out and trying to fix the world. And I'm like, gosh, she's been at it for thirty thousand years. She still hasn't fixed it. God damn it! You're not going <laughs> to select a yeah. woman president if you put out movies like this. Fix the fucking world already. Come on. I do. Time is worth how you guys there because that's. I, my big when I was when I was growing, my formative years, my big uh, one of my biggest crushes was Gina Davis. I love Gina Davis. Gina Davis, another one, yeah. She was like the prototype that that was kind of building towards. And I, I heard an interview with her recently. And she said basically after Cutthroat Island, which I loved as a kid because I love pirates and I was the right age. I love Cutthroat Island. Um, it, it bombed and it kind of killed. It killed women leading action movies at the time. No one had put that much money behind a female-led action movie. It hadn't happened. Like um, it, they did the Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, and that, that was did well. And then they did Cut the Island, and then like, wow, women can like lead action movies. Bombed. And she said she was like she didn't work for like ten years in films because people looked at her as like you killed a thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very sad. Which yeah. is which is absolute garbage because of the whole alien freaking franchise because right. Sigourney we, like maybe the movies weren't that good but she was just killing it in, in all the action movies like the last one with the human alien hybrid that they tried to make where she was kind of she was basically she was a clone of the original Ripley if you haven't seen the last one never seen that one uh, well anyway she was she was really good in it and you don't realize how big she is until uh, oh what's his name um, I can't I Keep blanking. Uh, um, he was in. He played Conan's father in the remake with Jason Momoa. Um, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Um, Ron Perlman. Thank you. Ron, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Ron Perlman. Sons of Anarchy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ron Perlman stands next to her in the movie, and I think he's like maybe a half an inch taller than Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, she's so tall. Yeah, she's tall. She's. I think she's either Sigourney Weaver's like six or six one. She's very tall. I work at a theater in Manhattan called Symphony Space, and we hosted the 40th anniversary of Alien, uh, in which Sigourney came and spoke about the film. Uh, Wonderful woman. Amazing. It was a pleasure to meet her. But just watching her watch the movie was one of the best moments of my life. She obviously hadn't seen it in many years because she was like, and she was like hiding in the last row of the theater because she had shown up. It was like a half hour into the film already. Uh Like sitting there like watching and, 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 Oh my god! Just her facial expressions, watching herself, she was both cringeworthy and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Great that she watched. It. I I used to work in a movie theater for uh, for a while, a few years ago, back in London. It was a big IMAX cinema, and we used to have all the premieres for whenever there was a big IMAX movie, like a visual movie, like Chris Nolan movies, those sorts of things. We had the premieres there, and um, we see a lot of famous people, and no one ever watch the film because in England we never got things first like it would always be the US premiere and then by the time it got to London premiere it was like they'd watch the film so they would turn up at the beginning they'd do like a Q&A at the beginning like an interview like they'd do like a talking about the film like introduce everyone hi 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 and then they'd all go to dinner and then they'd come back for the end like that's what they would do um, 
for like there were loads of famous people and they, they never watched film. The one person who saw watched film, because the first time he saw it, it was we had the premiere for Pacific Rim. I um, love Pacific Rim. Such a great film. And I know it. <laughs> I didn't know what it was going to be. I was like, this film was shit. Fucking robot. But Guillermo del Toro turned up. I didn't even know it was him. Guillermo del Toro was there. He was there the day before. Didn't need to. This never happened. But Guillermo del Toro turned up to the cinema the day before to go in the projection room with the projectionist and make sure all the sound levels were great because he wanted everything to sound a certain way. So he asked to check everything and he actually had them make it louder than they were legally allowed. Like he was like, just like turn it, like there was a limit to what you're allowed to have the loud and he had them turn it louder for it. Um, what a Guillermo del Toro move. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, but El- Idris Elba came, was there and he was in London. It was the first time he'd seen it and he had his whole family and all his friends come to see the movie. And then it was the first time he'd ever had all his family and friends at one of his big premieres before. And uh, so he sat there watching with them, like eating popcorn the whole time, like all his friends. And it was the crazy, he was like loving, he was sitting there. And for the whole run of that movie, anytime someone sat in that seat, as I showed him to the seat, I was like, by the way, Idris Elba sat in this seat watching this film. And I was always disappointed in the amount of people who were like, huh, who, what? <laughs> I'd be like, that, there, that, there. <laughs> now that, that is a, that is a, a, a sexy man, Idris Elba. Mm. He smelled very good. And he, he should be, he'll be like a per- Batman or Bond. Like the way he walks to you, like Idris Elba, like you, very few people I've ever in person been like, wow, like that's a presence. Idris Elba, like, oh, in a suit and very impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I mean this is kind of turning into like a Playgirl podcast. I'm not sure what's happening here, but we're supposed and to. That's why I'm talking about guests. Thank you. We're covering all the bases. That's fine. Uh oh, something happened with my screen now. What the hell happened with my we're screen? Still here. We see you. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of strong women and strong men, let's oh. talk about some probably not terribly inspiring people. Yes, yes. <laughs> good good yes, people running yes. for president. People running for president. All right. So, yeah, that's what this episode is about. And we're going to read off some of the people that are on here. So here are some of the candidates, all right? And I will be reading here. So if you see my eyeballs just going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, the first one I'm going to read to you, and these guys are actually all across the country. They have ballot access to 441 electoral votes, which is pretty much enough to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Libertarian Party ticket, the 2020 Libertarian Party ticket, and it's Joe Jorgensen, a woman for, uh, who's a Clemson University University lecturer from South Carolina, and Spike Cohen. And I wish you guys, I wish I could, I wish I could share the screen somehow with you so you guys could see this. Spike Cohen, who is a podcaster and businessman from South Carolina, and he's got the little Caesar haircut. That was popular when I was in college. That made me laugh. And um, so, you know, for, for reference, I was in college 30 years ago. So. Um, Wait, Tomo, are you looking? I think I, I, have the, I have the same. I have a picture of this guy on something I had found as well. As uh, he got his like big headphones on and like a bowl cut look. And, and, yeah. And the microphone coming in. Yeah. 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 That's that's him. So that's, that's easier cut if I've ever seen it. <laughs> um, 
So let's see. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm thinking Sean just saw it. <laughs> I saw this one. Oh, yes, I saw that one too. His chest. His, there's also one where he's sitting fully chest, like no shirt on, and is doing his podcast, which like I didn't know was an option. I would not be wearing a shirt right now. <laughs> Anything goes. Sean, you have pants on, so. Does anyone have pants on? <laughs> pants? What are pants? Mm-hmm. What are these I heard pants about those in February. Yeah. What are pants you speak of? Um, okay, so I'm not quite sure. It's the Libertarian Party ticket. These are basically the spoilers that people like that are disgusted with either a candidate and they're going to vote for these guys. And nothing's happening one way or another. All right. Next candidates are um, the Green Party. Howie Hawkins for president. And he's one of the co-founders of the Green Party. And he has Angela Walker for vice president. Um. She's the ATU Local 998 Legislative Director from 2011 to 2013 from South Carolina. Um, I don't know what the ATU Local is. Let's see. The Amalgamated Transit Union. Okay. So she's she was a legislative director for a transit union. All right. We could do with a President Howie. I feel like we do a President Howie right now. Like, I'm obviously Biden for president, but like if I had the option to have a Green Party President Howie, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'd have like a President Howie. I think, All right. I think Howie ran for like governor of New York at one point in time too. The name does sound really familiar. He, well, he's from New York, and I mean, yeah. So probably, um, I will say this as, as a notice to all our listeners: fuck what Sean says. He's a monarchist. He didn't even get the right ear for this podcast. Screw <laughs> that guy. <laughs> you know what? I. In fact, we had a little thing that we started. Fuck that guy. I'm going to say right now, fuck the Quig. Fuck him. He doesn't have the right beer for our podcast. Fuck that guy. Never going to be president. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next, uh, these names just kill me. Um, Sean, you and I have talked about this, and I believe on one of the podcasts a long time ago. There was this Japanese game show. And uh, I forget what they used to call it here, but they would have these like contestants do all these crazy things and they would shoot like soccer balls out of cannonballs at them and run. In Takashi's Castle in England. But- <laughs> in England, it was Takashi's ca- Castle. That's right. Here, I forget what it was called, but the two guys, it was dubbed over. It was hilarious. And it was Kenny Blankenship and Vic Romano. And it's two Japanese guys, and these are their names as they're doing the commentary. And when they translate, they had all these stupid names. And the guy who was like on the field that led the athletes do their thing, he was, uh, I think he was called like the Marshal or Captain Tanil or something like that. Like not Captain Antonil, Captain Tanil. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is uh, Don Blankenship. I guess he's related to Kenny Blankenship from the TV show. And William Moore, and this is for the Constitution Party. He- <laughs> I was gonna. Don Blankenship and William Moore sound like two people I would go to buy paint from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to go see Don Blankenship and William Moore? Mm-hmm. I will do. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I just love these qualifying like statements of who they are. So Don Blankenship is the former CEO of Massey Energy from West Virginia. 
And I could be wrong. I'm, I'm, his face looks familiar. I think he was the guy that started calling Mitch McConnell cocaine Mitch. <laughs> that is a nickname that I wish would have stuck. I, I, absolutely. But I think he was the one calling McConnell uh, cocaine Mitch. And then his vice president, William Moore, is a chairman of the U.S. Taxpayers Party of Michigan for Michigan. Okay, guys, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like Sean said, I'm buying paint from these two guys. Otherwise, these two guys get elected. Not going to happen because they are they have 150 electoral votes available to them where they're registered. They're registered in Michigan, um, New, New Jersey. Oh, for God's sake, who let them get into New Jersey? Um, <laughs> North and South Carolina, Florida. Um, what is that? Mississippi, some of those states up in there. Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Idaho, Alaska, and Hawaii. It's like, okay. All right. Next is the Alliance Party. And this almost looks like, you know, I don't know, Captain America and the Avengers are, are doing something, the Alliance Party. It's the 2020 Alliance Party and 2020 Reform Party ticket. And for president, it's Rocky De La Fuente. And for vice president, it's Darcy Richardson. Rocky De La Fuente sounds like he used to bust heads in that. What's that uh, pub we were going to, Sean, to do stand up in Garfield? Oh, the boiler room. The boiler room, right. <laughs> the Rocky De La Fuente sounds like he's a bouncer at the boiler room in Garfield, New Jersey. And if you look at his picture, he looks like he used to bounce at the boiler room at some point in the past. Mm -hmm. The boiler room is a very different name of a bar in New York City. We should do some stand-up there. Maybe we should do some stand-up there, absolutely. I bet it will make it'll, people will catch on to it a lot better than they did in our boiler room. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy Richardson looks like like a librarian that just just got caught hiding a Playboy in a Bible. I don't know what else to say about this guy. <laughs> Author, all right. So Rocky De La Fuente is a businessman and perennial candidate from California. And Darcy Richardson is an author, historian, and political activist from Florida. Florida has the best candidates. And I mean, they have Additional party nominations from the Reform Party, the Natural Law Party of Michigan. I, I don't even know what those things are. If you're the Alliance Party, I'm going to do everything I can to find a candidate whose surname is Rebel, just so it shows up on the ballot as Rebel Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> I support oh. that. Yeah. Oh, here's, a, here, here's a saying for the natu Natural Law Party. I'll read you a little clip. The Natural Law Party is a transnational party Transnational? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, is this like is this like them being woke? Isn't it like nationwide or so transnational? It makes me think that like they're crossdressers. I don't know what that means. Transnational party founded in 1992 on the principles of transcendental meditation. Oh, um, oh so they mean the laws, the laws of nature and their application to all levels of government. What? Right. That's. So Oh, at its peak, it was act. Oh, oh. Um, at its peak, wait, wait, where'd it go? At its peak, it was active in up to seventy-four countries. Ah, that's what they mean by transnational. It's not a national party. Okay, okay. I, I don't know why they wouldn't just say international. I like to think that. Expanding from your point there, Toma, I like to think there's, there's a lot more confused crossover than you'd imagine between transcendental meditation practitioners 
and people from the trans community. <laughs> Just people, people tiptoeing around these really chilled out meditators. Yes. I really, you know, like, you know, I'm very supportive of everything. And they're like, mm, okay. Like, yeah. So it seems, that, really it seems that transnational means that it's people from other countries who live here as opposed to international who are people who live in their home countries and are part of the party that is represented here. That seems to be the difference. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I think, you know what? Google. How does that apply to a political party? Well, that's the difference is that international party wouldn't make sense because they don't live here, but transnational is people from other countries who do live here being represented in this party. All right. All right. I see what you did. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is funny. When I when I was looking up trying to find information on, on weird candidates, there's already been changes to the Wikipedia page since then. Uh, the next is the 2020 Party for Socialism and Liberation ticket. And this is uh, Gloria Lariva for president. She's an activist and writer from California. And Sunil Freeman for vice president. He's an author and activist from the District of Columbia. Originally, it was Lariva and Leonard Peltier. And if you know anything about U.S. history, Leonard Peltier, what was that freaking movie? It was with uh, Val Kilmer, I think, um, about the FBI agents that got killed in the Badlands back in the either late 60s or early 70s. I forget when. Anyway, he he's, he's a native activist, and he basically got pinned with murder, and he's been in jail. So he was supposed to be the vice presidential candidate, which I found curious because I was like, How's he going to go on the campaign trail? I'm not sure how that's going to work since he's in jail. But, um, so Sunil Freeman took his place, I guess. All right. So let, let's go on. And they have, I'll tell you in a sec here. They have access to 109 electoral votes, believe it or not. Wow. It looks like California. Ooh, what's immediately west to Texas? Is it, it's New Mexico, isn't it? Yes, New Mexico. So California, New Mexico, Arizona. Um, Illinois, New Jersey, and Vermont. That's where they have access to the ballots. Okay. All right, next. Who do we have? Ooh, Brian Carroll, American Solidarity Party. Brian T. Carroll for president. He's a teacher from California. And Amar Patel is the chairman of the ASP from Illinois. What's the ASP? Is that like an a, a Anglo-Saxon Protestant who's not white? No, no one's catching my wasp reference, man. No, no waspiness here. <laughs> God, this is a dead crowd. All right, never mind. <laughs> they, they, they have access to thirty-eight electoral votes. It looks like Michigan, Illinois. Um, oh, what state is that? What's above Louisiana? Missouri. Yes, Missouri, Colorado, and Vermont. And now we get to the really, we get to the cray cray. The birthday party, Kanye West. Kanye. And his thing is written as rapper, producer, and fashion designer from Illinois. And his vice president, there's no picture, Michelle Tidball, preacher from Wyoming. Can I just say, what the fuck are we doing these days that Kanye West is running for president? He has money. Like, we, you know, we say there's a class system in the UK. Like, there is still, like, a class system still prevails in the United Kingdom. But, and it, economic class system prevails in the US. Absolutely. Like, you you have that much money and you're crazy, you can run for president. If you have no money and you're crazy 
and you're also African American, you can't get into a Walmart. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it's all money. Yeah, absolutely. It is money. And and he's got that such a platform. Yep. Regardless, there are people I don't want to say dumb people, but regardless of the situation, there are people that will support this or at the very least entertain it. A couple of jerks talking about it on a podcast or something like that. Um, but it, um, but yeah, so obviously like, and we've seen this, you know, I feel like you see this every once in a while, some celebrity or someone well known, or like you said, Sean, someone with a lot of money, like a business tycoon or someone, just get in there. The whole Kanye thing is just so bizarre. I mean, dude, I wouldn't let Kanye fucking be the president of a camp, of a kids' camp, let alone a president of a country. I mean, the dude. First of all, you know, it's one of those things that everyone brings up, and they bring it up about Trump too. It's just that stupid, or that crazy, or is he just like crazy, like a fox? I and mean, he's brilliant, and all this shit is happening, and. I had the thought the other day now was I was just like, oh, this is how he's getting reelected. He's just letting the country like fall apart, let the disease run rampant through the country. So nobody's even healthy enough to walk to a fucking poll and he'll just have to stay because there's nobody that votes him in, you know, or is it just he's that incompetent? And Kanye is right there on that level because how does he get people to spend? What kind, I don't even know how much money his fucking sneakers cost, but I would not in a million years buy those fucking sneakers. They can't be that comfortable. I mean, if his sneakers cost, what, $5,000, $8,000, I better be able to dunk on a freaking 20-foot basket, let alone a freaking regular basket, for that kind of money. They have better have some jet propellers or some shit. I mean, who's dropping that kind of money on sneakers? I I don't I don't know. I mean, oh, go ahead, John. No, I, I'm just saying it's, it's crazy. It's just so weird. The sort of people that get behind all these things um, I mean, it baffles me. I still get baffled about the people that voted the president in, and he's the guy in theory who had the most people, even though we know he literally didn't have the most people. But uh, I heard, I you know, I like to listen to a lot of contests. I'm a big fan of Bill Maher. My wife doesn't like Bill Maher because she she's a, he's a bit tall on the fence, but that's good because I kind of am as well. Like I think when you come from outside of America and you see the division of Democrat, Republican, you have to be one of them. It's very easy to to be in the middle, like kind of Bill Maher is, because I'm like, well, you're both crazy. I see how you're both kind of flawed. I really do. I get it. Um, but he, he hears this big thing he goes on about over and over again, about how even if Trump loses, he won't leave. Like, he won't leave. Like, he would just deny it. He'll say, fake news. They get it wrong. I'm not leaving. I call everyone you need to recount this and we're going to recount it until i've won because i know i won because i have independent sources and they say <laughs> right he was right he had this political expert on and he was asking him he was like how would this work you know what would happen if he this was on last week he said if he didn't leave and he said well you know i mean he, the question was would the military could he get the military to come in and protect him and like barricade the White House, kind of similar to what he did in Washington about use the military against people and be like, you stay away. Could he do it? And he was like, well, in theory, technically, he could, but I don't believe the military would follow those orders. I don't think the military would ever follow those orders. They would just stay in place and they would do nothing. Exactly. But, and then this is the political expert, and he, he was a professor at like Harvard or Princeton or something, and he said, 
But what you could do, and probably more likely would, and is definitely worse, is he could suggest to his base that they turn up with their guns and surround the White House, which when you add up his base and the people that vote for him at that, they account, and he said, like, they account for 200 million guns. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, it is that you live. I was like, huh? I was like, so in theory, there could be 200 million guns that are called upon by the president. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's, that's, you can still, the fact that it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It will. I watched this Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our next, our next, um, and this is a little bit sad and funny at the same time. Our next candidate is Bill Hammonds for the Unity Party. And he's on the 2020 Unity Party ticket. And this guy is the founder of the Unity Party. And his vice president is Eric Bodenstaff. I mean, is there more, uh, uh, Apropos name for somebody that's going to meet you in an alley and stab you, Eric Bowden stab. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't bode well, and you're getting stabbed. I don't know what the hell that's. I'm pretty sure he killed Batman's parents, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But here's the joke: they have uh, access to 23 electoral votes, and again, I don't. What the Colorado and New Jersey? What's going on, New Jersey? Why is this guy even freaking on the ballot here? I mean, Colorado were like, they have weed there, right? Like, I fine. I get that. <laughs> New Jersey, there's not even an excuse. Um, right, right. Yeah, you do have to wonder, like, what what is really on these people's mind? Is it just to, like, get noticed and get their name out there? Because, like, any of these, not all of them, I don't think, are, are sensible people. But any of the sensible people that are running obviously know that there's no chance of it. And some of them with such small... Uh, such a small indent on the ballot. Like it's not even like you could run just to try and, you know, they talk about you're taking votes from one of the candidates or this or that. Like you're making no impact whatsoever. So what, what my, is, why? My theory is in a time of COVID where so many people are unemployed, they're just trying for the absolutely uh, ridiculous resume, what they're trying for, for like the most overqualified people applying for assistant manager positions at Staples. <laughs> So they're like presidential candidate twenty twenty. They're like, they're like, well, he's the third one today. Which <laughs> <laughs> one's taller? Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take you back to 2016. Do you remember Jimmy McMillian? Uh, his platform or his party was the rent's too damn high. Yes, I remember that. Yes, yes, so, must, yes. The rent is too damn high. Exactly. So he's one of the like, perfect examples of a candidate who had a very strong opinion on a topic. He made his his literal base was on that topic. So it was not. He was never going to become president. He was going to run on the Republican Party. He was never going to do it. But he got his platform out there. He was heard by people. He was taught. Like it came to people's ears. He he was given a national platform when in reality his original base was only New York. So that's one of the reasons why you would do that is to end up in that situation. He got turned into a meme. Mm -hmm. They did like an auto-tune song video thing with him. In 2020, that's the, that's the best you can do. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to say I think their heart is in the right place. Because, I mean, quite frankly, the reason why and, – and people are brainwashed. The masses are brainwashed, right? The reason why the country is such shit shape 
is because there's so much money in politics, right? Because yeah. basically every congressman, every senator, all these people, they're bought, like hands down. You know, maybe there are a few of them that come out now because that's now the, the popular thing and never accept a donation bigger than $7. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, okay, yeah, that's great. But then you, once you get elected, you have these fundraisers and, you know, you have a dinner and it's $15,000 a plate. Guess what? Me and you are not going to that freaking dinner because there's no chance in hell I'm paying $15,000 to eat some bad freaking fish. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I, 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 and I can't say this enough. If you want to really learn about American politics, watch the movie, which I think is highly underrated, The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy. If you've never seen that movie, watch it. And it literally just kind of breaks it open. And again, I don't understand why it never picked up any traction. But if you ask me, that movie should be just educational material for people to watch before an election. Because what he did was what other people have done. Eddie Murphy is basically a con man. And he's got a crew that he runs with. And, you know, they do petty theft. They do all sorts of con jobs. And... He he has the same name as a congressman who died, except the middle name is different. So the congressman was like Jack Johnson, and he just put vote for Jack A. Johnson. And because nobody thinks and nobody educates themselves about the election process, people would go in and just vote. And he won by a landslide. And so when he came to like Washington, all the politicians were like, I like what you did there. That was really slick. Uh, good move. Uh, now let's get you lined up in the party and do what you need to do. And it was just basically like, the amount of money that comes for like fundraisers and all sorts of shit is just ludicrous. And you're like, yeah, that's what it is. It's wild. It is. Oh, okay. See, this is the next candidate. And I'm very disturbed about this candidate in a couple of ways. First of all, it's Phil Collins. Yes. I've been waiting for this one. Not that Phil Collins though. So I'm upset that, that this guy is like representing himself like he could feel it coming in the air tonight. I, I. It's just like you were just saying about using uh, someone else's name. Mm -hmm. That's probably what he's doing. Trying, trying to get you know, use notoriety. And this is Phil Collins for president. He's a former Libertyville Township, Illinois trustee for Nevada. It's against all odds him winning. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Well played. <laughs> I should have felt that in the air tonight when, before you said it, but hey. Uh, and his vice president is in the studio. <laughs> his vice president is Billy Joe Parker, and his qualification is a former Marine from Georgia. And they also have the American Independent Party nomination, and it's a far right party. Ooh, surprise, surprise! And the Prohibition Party is exactly what you think it would be. It's a political party in the United States known for its historic opposition to the sale or consumption of alcoholic beverages and as an integral part of the temperance movement. It is the oldest existing third party in the United States and the third longest active party. And this is hilarious. There, you know, the GOP is an elephant and the, the Democrats are a donkey and their animal is a, 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 a what you would call it, two humps camel. So the Prohibition Party. Right. This is, in my research prior to this podcast, this is what really stood out to me. Probably just because I saw the name Phil Collins and I had to click on it. <laughs> but from there, reading about the Prohibition Party, I just thought that'd be an interesting thing for us to discuss, you know, since we are who we are. And yes, go ahead and crack that other beer while I talk to him. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm all for the prohibition party. Because clearly, our podcast couldn't happen where they're their political party to accomplish their goals as they want. We would be like Edward Snowden characters in that <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> we would all be hiding out in Cozumel in Mexico, just drinking and doing a podcast. Yes, but in reality, it would just be like that Zoom background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And we're hiding in a basement somewhere in Poughkeepsie. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what it would be. <laughs> who knew there was a beer? And it's my roommate coming in, just like handing me a drink. <laughs> nice. I was saying, who knew there was a political party? The Prohibition. I mean, I didn't know prior to this. I don't know if anybody else did. Um, but the Prohibition Party. That's like, but you, you know what? When you abolished Prohibition. Here's here's my thing. We know how that turned out. Exactly. I mean, just from a financial perspective, and, and I know we've brought this up before with the whole marijuana and the legalization and everything, and I've said it before, to me, it's stupid that the tobacco companies are not pushing for the legalization of marijuana because you can, so there's all this downturn for the tobacco, but you could change, take half of your fields, grow marijuana. It's literally a weed. It grows anywhere, like literally. It grows easily. You can use that hemp to make ropes. You can marijuana, medical marijuana. You can make clothing out of it. You have so much open to you. And then all the money you make from it is insane. Just like, and then, then you put the tax on it, just like they do with alcohol. Because um, I don't know if anybody here worked in a liquor store, but I remember there's a guy I worked with. Um, it, he worked in a liquor store for years, and he was basically saying uh, that buy a bottle of vodka. Now, beer, not so much, but he said, you go buy a bottle of wine, a bottle of vodka, whatever. Like, 60% of that is tax. Mm-hmm. Like, a, bo a bottle of Absolute is not $45. A bottle of Absolute is like 18 bucks. Mm. Yeah, because in England, it is cheaper. Yeah. The, the, which is interesting, because it it's about, like, it costs, it's like, yeah, it is, it's about that for a bottle of Absolutely, would be like eighteen pounds, probably. About that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because yeah. even in right in the U.S., different different places you go, alcohol is cheaper. Like here in New York City, like it's super expensive. Even if you go upstate, you get you know an expensive bottle or not expensive, but a, a reasonable higher end bottle of whiskey, vodka, whatever, for like ten dollars less. Or supposedly, you go down south, and it's like I I think I think. I think all the like urban areas is pretty much equalized. I think the internet did that because people were finding out. Because even back, like when Barnes and Noble started opening, or uh, and Barnes and Noble used to have like a stand with newspapers from other metro areas, and you would pick up like the newspaper for Orlando, and you know a new Nissan in in the New York metro area was like fifteen thousand dollars, and in Orlando it was nine, and you'd be like, wait a minute, what the hell? So people would like literally go drive across country to get by the car because they were saving six thousand dollars. Yes. Once the internet like came out full, all of that ended, and like in in the urban areas, they're all the same price. Because I remember what uh, a girl that worked; she was one of the salespeople in the company that I worked for. She had moved uh, to the New York metro area from I want to say Portland, somewhere in Oregon. I want to say Portland because it's the only other towns. But anyway, and she said she walked in and I said, so what are the major differences, you know? And she said, well, 
you know, we were in a we were in a pub near work drinking, and she says, "Well, you know, <laughs> when I came here and I asked for like a Heineken, and I gave the dude a five dollar bill, and he didn't give me any change back, and I was like, huh, because you know I could have gotten five beers in Oregon for five Heinekens for five dollars, mm-hmm. and I think, like I said, with the internet up, everybody elsewhere, why would they, you know, not charge you?" what everybody else is charging. Yeah, no, it's true. Like I, Andrew could attest, like I bought this bottle of vodka. Like I bought it because of the bottle is gorgeous, but like I paid almost $60 for that bottle because it's first of all, it's a high quality vodka, but also yeah, there's a high tax number on it. Yep. Which I could have bought online for probably a little cheaper, but then I would have had to wait and I didn't want to wait. <laughs> it's good vodka. Mm-hmm. Is that crystal skull? Crystal head. Yeah. Crystal, crystal head, head. Sorry. Yeah. I was disappointed with crystal head. Oh, my oh, sister okay. just texted me. She just went into labor for her baby. Wow. <laughs> congratulations. Wait, why am I looking away? Yep, my sister just went into labor, so congrats to Annika. Congratulations. Congratulations. This is the first baby being born during a podcast. Podcast baby. Podcast baby. Oh, my God. Anthony, you are the most special guest we've ever had. Sweet. Anthony, ask your sister to name her child what's going on. <laughs> Let me text her and see how he responds to that one. Or <laughs> give her one of the nicknames, AA or T-Love or The Quig. Yeah. Well, just be like, that's really good you're having a baby, but I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Wait a minute. Her? <laughs> he then sent me a photo from the room where she's having the baby. Well, congratulations to, congratulations to Uncle Anthony. Yeah. Woo. Cheers. <laughs> Awesome. That's great. That's great news. All right. So who's next after the fake Phil Collins? All right. Oh, Do you think there are any babies that are being named COVID right now? Oh, have you not seen that sketch that came out on like TikTok where it's like 2030 and it's a teacher reading off the attendance list and they're like, covid COVID, <laughs> Pandemica, like going all through these names. <laughs> That's great. Nice. 100%. Baby boom coming. That's true. I would I would say before we move on to the next thing, I would um, I want to say before that I think they would get a lot more votes, the um, Prohibition Party, if the leader was uh, outfitted like a full boardwalk empire in 1920s Prohibition like buster. People yeah. like, here, we are running for the party, you see. It's for the children. The you, if you better watch out for your goddamn Christian values, or I'm going to bash you over your goddamn commie head. <laughs> you get a lot of coats, a big long coat and a hat. You know, it, it, like female politician started speaking, he'd just be like, "Shut the hell up, Dame." <laughs> <laughs> that that would fly really well with Kamala Harris. That would be amazing. <laughs> and here's the here's the thing that kills me. They are on the ticket in California, Colorado again. Why are all these people? It must be like super easy to get on the ballot in Colorado. Probably yeah, it must be. Everybody's stoned. That's probably yeah. why. They're on the ticket in uh, no Mississippi and Missouri. That's not that surprising, right? And they're on the ticket in Vermont. What the hell is Vermont doing? Why is Vermont letting all these people on the ticket? <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's really happy. They're like, hey, should we let these people on? Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so then he, we're, we're coming across our first independent candidate. Ah. And this is Brock Pierce. And you would think Brock Pierce is either a WWE stage name or a porn star. <laughs> I mean, one or the other, right? And he has Carla Ballard for vice president. Brock Pierce is a director of the Bitcoin Foundation and former actor from Puerto Rico. Brock Pierce is not a very Puerto Rican sounding name to me. No, sounds like a gym leader for Pokemon. <laughs> you beat me to it. He does. I, I, you know what? I'm always curious. How do you think he pronounces his name? Do you think he pronounces his Brock Pierce? I mean, or Brock Pierke? That's you know, I, I can't talk. I'm Puerto Rican, and my name is Anthony Colon. Like I can say Colon, and people are like, "Oh yeah," or I can say Cologne, and they're like, "What is that?" My, my, my one of my best friends, Alex Cologne. People will be like Colon, and he's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In England, it would be Colon. It would be Colon. Yes, because we don't have anyone from Puerto Rico in England, but we do have grammar. <laughs> nice. Um, so what you're saying is, uh, oh, that's it, Anthony. Your sister has to name her child Semi. <laughs> so, so when she moves to when the child moves to England, Semi colon. Yep, that's it. I'm guessing her now. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So there's Brock for president. This is a great one. Jerome Siegel. You want to hear the party? This is a great party. Bread and roses. Bread and roses. Bread and roses ticket. Jerome is that? Was he trying to type bed of roses? <laughs> Maybe he's a bread listen to the qualifications. He's a philosopher. He's a philosopher from from Maryland. That's a qualification. Isn't that a Stephen King like novel, like a horror movie? That's Rose Red. Close That's, enough. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on the ticket in. Maryland. And John DeGroff is his vice president, who's a documentary filmmaker and author from Washington. All right. I'm gonna do a quick I'm gonna do a quick search here for the bread and roses party. Do it. Do it. Let's let's get more let's get when you more say, info. When you say Washington, do you mean Oh well, I guess DC because it's next to Maryland. Yeah. I always feel sorry for people for Washington State because if like if anyone says like oh from Washington and then they're like state it's like oh uh, <laughs> that's like I, street no seed oh. <laughs> I, I I don't know how those two would possibly relate but okay all right hmm. all right so um, let's see I'll, I'll go on to the next one while Andrew finds anything I'm not finding anything too interesting I got a headline which is Bread and Roses, an electoral party for both new socialists and non-socialists, a party with strong utopian and international orientation, one in pursuit of a new American dream. Well, beats the dystopian one that we're currently in. Is this true? Is this true? It's out of Maryland. It's, it's fairly new from 2018. Weird. And it's not as interesting as I thought. 
Your dream is to have a modest but secure income sufficient to meeting your core needs. It's not that interesting. No, I was looking for something. I th- by bread and roses, I really thought it was going to be some like lunatic thing. Uh, speaking of lunatics, um, you see, I, I didn't, I didn't look it up, and I posted the other day that the family of Don Lewis was having a, a press conference a couple of days ago. I have to look it up. Don Lewis, the disappeared husband of Carol Baskin. Of course. I thought you were talking about the recently deceased representative. <laughs> no, 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 no. Her, her family is supposed to have a, 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 a what you would call it, um, press conference. Yeah. All right. The next one. Here we go now. The 2020 Legal Marijuana Now ticket. What's, what's the deal with that political party? Here we go. It's <laughs> a political third party in the United States established in 1998 to oppose drug prohibition. The party shares many of the progressive values of the Farmer Labor Party, but with an emphasis on marijuana slash hemp legalization issues. And it's Rudy Reyes for president. He's from California. He's a teacher. I, I, oh, this is I forgot about this. This is funny. They're only on the ticket in Minnesota. Rudy Reyes is a teacher, archaeologist and cannabis rights activist from California. The vice president is TBD. <laughs> It's to be determined. They don't know yet who the vice president is. And all I think is like, hey, man, who's going to be the vice president, man? I, man I'm i hungry now. We'll figure it out later. All right, bro? Don't even worry. <laughs> was and, that just Minnesota they're on the ticket for? What's that? They're on just on Minnesota, you said they're on the ticket just for? Just in Minnesota, yeah. No one stopped them. It'd be like the whole point of your party is that you want to legalize cannabis, and the only place you can do it is Minnesota. It's like no one stopped them and say, "That sounds like you should probably be in state politics." If you want to get, <laughs> no, we're going national presidency. It's the only way to happen. Well, I mean, what I want to do now is find out where this dude teaches, become an archaeology undergrad, and go on a dig site with him because that's going to be the most like. Oh, this is peyote poo, bro. You got to freaking light this up. Let's see what the old people did. See, and my counterpoint is all I want to do is reboot Indiana Jones. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And be like the 2020 Indiana Jones is just an archaeologist teacher who smokes a bunch of weed. (laughs) You remember my dad told me he was fighting Nazis. Did that really happen? Nah, man, I was smoking a bong heavy, man. <laughs> James, uh, James Franco, directed by Seth Rogen. <laughs> that is the dream ticket right there. That is the dream ticket. At least this guy, at least this seems a little silly, which is nice, because up until now, everyone's been taking themselves incredibly seriously. Compared to the UK, like England, one of, the, one of my favorite, everyone's favorite thing about election cycle is all the ridiculous joke parties we have that people spend real money on. Like there's I nothing I love more than the British ability to put a lot of time, effort and money into basically just fucking about. Like, like, like every time there's the monster raving loony party, which is a legitimate like six or seventh party that every year comes around and they uh, they put a manifesto every and it's different every time and they always address like a crazy clown character like a mad hatter and it's it's like a 5000 page manifesto and it's stuff like um making roundabouts mandatory at every junction so like 
every junction you would have to go on a roundabout. Oh god! Everywhere. and all these crazy things like uh, mad. And then, of course, the last election cycle we had the uh, Lord Buckethead, which was great. We'd have like Theresa May standing there, and then Lord Buckethead right next to her. If you haven't seen that, I recommend googling Lord Buckethead. <laughs> I, I mean, that party sounds to me like it's made for the National Lampoon's Vacation franchise because all I can think is Chevy Chase driving in a circle. Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament, and just kind of getting out of the fucking circle because he's on the wrong side of the car and the wrong side of the road and he just can't do it. It's good. I, well, I'll, I'm going to look at – keep going. I'm going to look up the Monster Raven Looney Pie and see if I can come up with any more uh, of their wonderful uh, things. So I definitely – like I definitely feel like there were in previous elections more like bizarre, goofy candidates. Well, like the last election was when Joe Exotic ran. True, but, among some others, but I, I, you know, I didn't see that many crazy ones. At least in my what I was looking up. Remember Vermin Supreme? Yes. Yeah, we can come back to him, but like we, do, we definitely need to. He's on. He's I got him bookmarked over here. So <laughs> definitely got to come back to, to Vermin Supreme at some point. So next is Blake Huber, the Approval Voting Party. He's running for president. He's co-founder of the Approval Voting Party from Colorado. And Frank Atwood is the vice president and member of the Littleton Election Commission from Colorado. And they have access to Colorado. And their shtick is. Single-issue American political party dedicated to implementing approval voting across the nation. All right. That's, it seems civic-minded, but boring. All right. Oh, oh, you guys got to look up this dude. J.R. Myers Life and Liberty Party. Um, he's the former chairman of the Constitution Party of Alaska, candidate for president. And his vice president is Tiara Lusk, professor of business management from Idaho. They are on the ballot in Idaho. Um, again, what's above Missouri and Alaska? And what's their ticket say? Let me expand this. Uh, the Life and Liberty Party describes itself as a new constitutionally centered coalition party, whatever that means. I'm seeing here that it was founded by J.R. Myers himself. Yes, indeed. I, what, what the thing that baffles me more. I, I, Every I feel like every party in America, at some point, someone goes on about how their thing is the Constitution. But it's like the most ridiculous thing because the whole point of it, of why it's so successful and why so many people get behind it, is because there's absolutely no way to actually translate the thing to any sort of logical modern sense. Like we're constitutionally centered, so we believe that polar bears should be the police. Because it obviously says it here. <laughs> and it, it's like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't understand how people just keep going, well, I'm a constitutionalist, and I'm a constitutionalist, but I believe this, and I believe this. Well, why does this? It's like, well, maybe when you put your whole belief system based on an old fucking book or a piece of writing, it kind of, it makes for historically confusing, uh, conflicted situations uh you're starting to sound like some communist atheist thumping some bitch and don't make me come over there and put a 12 gauge up your behind i just don't like twilight okay <laughs> <laughs> back to chris Stewart. oh great great stuff okay so the next is an independent it's mark charles he's an activist from dc and his vice president is and i'm gonna butcher this name 
Sedinam Moyawasivza Curry. And she was a green candidate from California. Mark Charles, what is what is his belief? He's a Native American issues. He's a journalist, blogger, reformed pastor. Reformed pastor? What does that mean? He used to be a pastor, and now he's not a pastor anymore, and he's seen the error of his ways? I don't know what that, what that means. Reformed? Ref you say former pastor? That's why what, what I'm asking what the language means. That's a really good point. Reformed pastor. Was he, or was, was he uh, uh, a bad person who's become reformed and now a pastor? A terrible accident, and he was it was hit and he exploded to several hundreds of pieces. Oh. And he's been reformed. He's the pastor from Velocipaster. That's what happened. <laughs> that's a, that's going to be the spinoff of Velocipaster. Reform pastor, pastor, yes. Like put back together, but not put back well. Okay. I don't know what he would do though. Could he fight crime? Why not? He's a reformed pastor. You know, if that's a trilogy, it goes to space. Of course, everything should go in space. I mean, every trilogy should go in space. The fact that Lethal Weapon is coming up with number five and they're not in space is a fucking joke. I mean, come on, man. Okay, was it Jason X? Come on. Yeah, exactly. That was perfect. That was just a perfect movie. Um, <laughs> all right, the next is an independent, and you guys all have to look this dude up. And his name is Dario Hunter. And Ooh. looks like if you watch some reruns of Miami Vice, like a dude that Tubbs knew that they were boys back in college, but now he got into drugs, and he's just like really just like – you look at his beard and the way he – and he's got a suit and a tie on, and he's just he just looks like he will fuck you up for messing up his – Food. I mean, this this guy looks like. I'm looking. The one picture of him I'm seeing of him, his main Wikipedia page. That's a man who was dissatisfied with the width of his natural head. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's like, I am going to make my head an inch wider. Yes. Show the picture. Show the picture so the guys can see it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be satisfied. Yes. He looks like an acorn. He does look like an acorn. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he looks photoshopped. It genuinely looks photoshopped. So it's him for president and Dawn Neptune Adams for vice president. And it just says she's an activist from Maine. He's from the Youngstown Board of Education, and he's a 2020 Green candidate for president from California. There's so many of these Green. Oh, oh, here we go. This is a, this is a funny one. Just a picture. Look this guy up. This is the Socialist Equality Party. They're only on the ballot in Colorado. This last guy, by the way, is a rabbi. What? This last guy, the crazy Miami Vice guy, is a real hunter. Dario yeah. Hunter? He's a rabbi. Good for him. Shalom. <laughs> Very strong. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, he's a rabbi. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. All right. Very good. Weird. Look at him there. He's doing his rabbinical duties. Ah. We should book him for a bris. Ah, <laughs> uh, the blitz of a bris. It's, oh, there's nothing like a bris once you're over the age of 40 to make everybody go home really upset with their week. <laughs> with their week? Their week? And like, oh, I mean, that fo that foreskin is, was bigger than, like, my big toe. 
Isso é mais plado. You didn't get your like thing taken off when you got married, did you? Oh no. Okay, good. Cool. I was about to say, what the hell are you doing, man? Not that late in life. Oh no. You're giving up. You're giving up walking for a few weeks if you're doing that. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. So the next guy is the 2020 Socialist Equality Party ticket, Joseph Kishore. He's the National Secretary of the Socialist Equality Party for Michigan. He's got a suit on with a checkered shirt and a golf cap is the only way I can, like an orange okay. man's hat. And he looks like an extra from the Newsies. He does. He's a very handsome man. He's a handsome he's, guy. He's a, Absolutely. But, but he yes, looks, he's definitely an extra from Newsies. I have no doubt on that one. <laughs> he does look like an extra from the Newsies. And his vice president is Norissa Santa Cruz. And it just says activist from California. Okay. Then we have Allison Kennedy for the Socialist Workers Party. She's a mine worker and 2016 nominee from Texas. They're only on in Colorado. And Malcolm Jarrett for vice president. He's an activist from Pennsylvania. Okay. Next we have Jade Simmons. Oh, this one was interesting. This one was interesting because I was kind of like, what is going on here? Jade Simmons is running for president. She's only on the ballot in Oklahoma. She's a classical concert pianist from Texas. And she doesn't have a vice presidential candidate yet. Huh. Be the change you want to see in the world. I guess. I'm like, I'm what, like what issues are you going to bring? It says, it says here that she is a, an American classical concert pianist. Right. Art presenter and art entrepreneur. Author. The Washington Post reviewed her performance and said she is a clear, powerful pianist with a magnetic personality. I said pianist. Worth seeing any time. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. I I think it's worrying or it's worrying for men that this is like one of the only women running on the crazy ticket that we've heard so far is very evident that people that are willing to spend money to completely waste their time and other people's time are men. <laughs> That's a brilliant point, actually. I yes. a thousand percent agree with that. <laughs> it's like, uh, everyone else is like, and also for the most part, white men. I mean, there's been a couple of exceptions, but it's, it's there's like a real thing there where like people who are people who are women or people who aren't white men are just like, we got bigger issues than like running for president for for shits and giggles. Yeah, exactly. So the next one is our plumber from Ohio, Joe Schreiner. He's an American political activist and journalist. He has run for the United States presidency in five consecutive election cycles spanning from 2000 to 2016. And in the picture on the Wikipedia page, he is giving such a shady side eye to the <laughs> photographer that it's just like like he just got caught like pooping in his pants or something. I don't know what. what. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people. I hope that people listening look up this guy sure. and look at a picture of his face while they hear you say he looks like he just pooped his pants. <laughs> he does that, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm literally looking at the same picture of him <laughs> when you said that, and that was... Yeah. All right. Next is the socialist action ticket. That's a Trotskyist political party in the United States. 
It publishes the monthly Socialist Action newspaper, has a youth affiliate called Youth for Socialist Action, and is associated with the Fourth International, and then it drops off. Jeff Mackler for president, and Heather Atford for vice president. Okay. And then, I'm, oh, I'm but the second you have like a Boy Scouts youth group that's all about socialism, like that's half a step removed from Nazi youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like we all because we love to say about how socialism is like the, the bastion of the left. It's like you do realize that the last time the social a socialist party ran a country was the Nazis. <laughs> like <laughs> that was the socialist party of Germany. It was like, oh no, 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 no! I beg to differ. The former Yugoslavia was a socialist country. Thank you very much. Mm. And we were, and we were known, <laughs> we were known as the America of the Eastern Bloc. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eastern Bloc, I love a former gay bar in New York City. <laughs> Eastern Bloc? <laughs> it is now Club Cummings, Alan Cummings. Nice. He bought it? or Yes, he, he, bought, it? he bought it, owns it, runs shows, and when things are open. <laughs> good, good for him. Hopefully, they'll have good scotch. Welcome, <laughs> bienvenue. Yes. He could be the terrible nightcrawler. I mean, the the incredible nightcrawler. Um, sorry. Optimus uh, nightcrawler. You know what? He, you're right. He was actually a very good nightcrawler. I hated the fact that they made the tattoos instead of fur. Agreed. Like, what was the difference? You had to have him sit in a freaking makeup chair for hours anyway. Why not just give him a little downy coat of fur? That's fair. It's, it's mm -hmm. made no sense because one of my favorite things, and I don't know if you guys know this, and um, one of the unknown powers of Nightcrawler mm -hmm. that he can walk on all surfaces like Spider Man. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did not know that. And when he's in a shadow, he disappears from sight. He completely blends. So, like, if it's a dark corner and he's in it, you will not see him. Didn't know that one. There you go. Nightcrawler. I mean, we definitely talked about this before, Tomo, but Alan Cumming, just to bring it up, Alan Cumming, because you don't think of it, probably one of the most underrated Bond characters. Oh! I liked him in Goldeneye. He was he one of the best things to me. Absolutely. He was fantastic in Goldeneye. He, like, very few people managed to do what he did, which is be kind of silly and funny and a bit campy, but like... Psychotic. Not, not crazy. Like... It, he was he's maybe the best person to ever do that as far as like legitimate but also kind of campy bond. Very good. I think I think he's not utilized enough. I think he's a very, very, very underrated actor. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it's, he was, is it Josie and Josie, Josie and the Pussycats? Yes, he was, yes. Yeah. A one material. <laughs> with with uh what's her face? Um okay, yes, uh, Rosario Dawson. Yes, 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 yes. That that movie was had an actual all star cast, and I'm surprised by it. Yeah, yeah. So the last one is the one that I find very interesting. That's on this list is the transhumanist party ticket. Uh oh. Charlie Cam, who's an author from California, and Aaron Vahanian is a vice chairman of the transhumanist party from California. And their deal is, and I don't know if you guys have seen any of this, is basically. Their platform is based on the ideas and principles of transhumanist politics. In other words, 
human enhancement, human rights, science, life extension, and technological prog progress. And this is like a huge, I, I, I don't want to say underground, it's not really underground, but it picked up steam probably some 10, 15 years ago where people were doing this whole thing like you could get a chip put in your dog. Mm -hmm. so if the dog gets lost or a cat gets lost and people are starting to put chips in themselves and they're like in a lot of children are getting it now. Yeah. And people were like injecting like they would put like a whole like watch under their skin. Yeah, right. So it was just like people would just start putting electronics under their skin and it was just kind of like uh, are you sure about this? And you know, like everyone, like pretty much everybody else, when they start talking about like the benefits of what they believe in, they go overboard. It's like when they start talking, you can't help but think they're a kook, right? It's uh, my wife and I were actually talking about this today, like the whole marijuana thing. It's like, great, smoke a joint, that's fine. But I, I've known people that when I've been with them, every time we would walk out of building, the first thing they do is they pull out their little freaking pipe start puffing and it's like i it's it's my way to deal with anxiety and i was like if i walked out of like a meeting or a building and every time i walked out and i pulled out a flask with some glenfiddich in it and i took a swig every time i walked out of a building somebody with me would say like dude you have a fucking problem you need to <laughs> right i mean am i am i lying here if every time i walked out of a building i took a swig out of a flask somebody would would say something What's up? Wait, is that normal? Oh, damn it. <laughs> it's crazy. It actually gets, it's a good point. I actually got, I used to be a smoker and I, I ended up smoking, um, I smoked way more once the smoking ban came in. In the UK, we had the smoking ban before the US, like the public smoking ban when you couldn't smoke in public and you couldn't smoke indoors. And I'd, I'd been smoking for about a year or two like legally before the ban came in. And um, I've, I started smoking even more because it it becomes ingrained in you. You're like, oh, before I enter a building, I smoke. When I leave a building, I smoke. When someone else leaves a building to smoke, I will leave the building and smoke. Like it's you get these like milestones that when you don't have that, and it's just you can smoke whenever you fancy it. Yeah, you tend to just be like whatever. But the second you have that like thing, it locks. I oh. use. I used to work for Hearts, the pet company. I used to be an analytical chemist there. And my old supervisor used to bitch about the director of the lab that would go out with the admin for a cigarette break. And they would go out for five minutes every hour on the hour. And he'd come up to me. He was like, dude, they're taking like an extra hour and a half a day. Because he was like bitching about it. And I was just like, he's right. Because they were like literally like, Eight times they would go for a five minute cigarette break. There's forty minutes right there. It was just like, wait, what the hell is going on here? It's like, and you're taking lunch, but they would get mad because nobody would like if people punched in five minutes late. Like she, the director, she'd be like, "Why are you late?" And it's like you just took an hour off smoking a freaking stogie. What are you worried about? Well, so yeah, it's it's um, all these ideas when people go uh, 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 extreme. It's just like calm down, try to think of it outside of your box and see how reasonable it might seem and people don't do it this this guy this party was talking about the the um the running mate the vp for this party i just looked him up and he wrote a self-help book like an improvement book and it looks fantastic so i thought i'd share it with you this is the vp from this 
it's uh, it's called um, Kazin for men. I don't know what Kazin means. Kaizen. But it says, yeah, so continuous improvement from the modern man. Main picture here is just a big bicep with some tattoos, which I like. Nice. Go ahead. Gun. Gun show. I didn't get to get to the gun show. You can't see it here. This, this picture is a man who is pulling his shirt open to reveal a bunch of golden coins. Ooh. Ah. Very good. For yeah, how do you get the deal? And then this is just you have to read the book, Anthony. A man holding hands a, a, a table with a woman. That's like the three things. It's big muscles, tattoos, coins underneath the shirt, and a man holding hands with an affluent woman. Strength, money, and women. Uh, <laughs> is there any like pictures it. in underwear? Is there any pictures in underwear, I wonder? There are not any pictures in underwear, unfortunately. There is a weird still of him doing a web interview with somebody on YouTube, and the interviewer looks like the sickest man I have ever seen. He looks like he's about to die any second. And I don't know if you can see this. <laughs> this man, oh, you see the colors. He's yellow. I suggest you look at yourself. But the man is like jaundice yellow. Nice. This is over here, and there's the interview. But he is like, it's just a weird. It's like the third picture of this dude. It's just this weird interview, and the guy's like, <laughs> "Well, this is the funny part about it. The guy says his name is Charlie Cam, um, who's running for president. No, no, no. Yeah, is it Charlie Cam running for president? The guy who founded." Yeah. The transhumanist party is Zoltan Istvan. Zoltan. Zoltan Istvan, who sounds like a villain from a Flash Gordon movie. <laughs> He's very much Hungarian, but I mean, it's just kind of like if this is not some kind of like dude from the future coming to like take over as and let the androids rule us as robot overlords, I don't know what is. That's a great idea for a ticket. You should do that. You should, you should be like, I've come from the future and just wear, like, aluminium suits. <laughs> and ironically enough, Zoltan means golden in Hungarian. So I didn't know that. One of what – was, what was the guy you mentioned earlier, Anthony, that we were talking about? Uh, the the, crazy vermin. Yeah. Oh, Vermin. What's his name? Vermin something? Uh, uh, Vermin Supreme. Vermin Supreme. He didn't run in 2020, unfortunately, but he did run in 2016. One of the things, uh, one of the things he promised to do, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I've got somebody mixed up. I think this was him was to travel back in time and kill Hitler. Yes. No, that was him. Okay. Um, so I, I talked, I, I had like a, a pre conversation with my buddy Gavin in Florida because all the strange ones come from Florida. And, I wanted. I said, I was like, "Hey, who do you remember as weird like politicians?" And he was like, "Berman. Berman is the weirdest person. He ran on zombie apocalypse awareness, time travel studies, and saying that every American will get a free pony." And I was like, "Free pony? Free pony? That's you have intrigued me. Tell me more now. If you throw in a miniature horse as well, I'm definitely going along on this." There are people who have money in pony stocks that hear that policy and are like, what? Free ponies? Uh, I buy oh. Sebastian. 
I have a quote from, from Vermin Supreme oh. that says the following, and I quote, Together, my friends, we will ride our ponies into a zombie-powered future. End quote. There we go. There's a... I, I was wondering, whenever... I, I, I used to enter whenever the, the company happens a lot in the zeitgeist, where people say, like, you know, if you could do anything, go back and kill Hitler. It's like, one thing that makes me think when I hear that is, is, um, is I'm like, you realize that, like, He's he lost. Like, I mean, he did a lot of bad things, but he lost. Like they beat that guy. He he lost the war. Like if you go and kill him, I guarantee you, any Bill and Ted style movie where someone decides to go and kill Hitler, the future ends up being the guy that replaced Hitler won, <laughs> and he was way worse. Yeah, because look at every president. It's not just the president; it's all the people under him. Like yeah, Hitler dies. Hitler's still around. Like all the like all the other terrible Nazis, and still, it's not like there was one guy who didn't like right. very much. Right, and else was just we should get behind this guy. Right. It was like it was quite a big movement. <laughs> you kill you kill the one dude who was an ex painter who was a good public speaker, and then you just end up with just like probably people who the one. <laughs> like it's a just a weird little foof thought. It is. It is. Ponies sound promising. The ponies do sound promising. Apocalypse awareness is also very important. Uh, did you guys see the latest apocalypse that they talked about? That somebody threw out a theory, uh, a physicist. All the data that we're generating is going to eventually equal the weight of the planet in another hundred years. What? <laughs> so basically, all the digital data that we are generating, all the knowledge... Because, mm -hmm. what, what do they say? Like, um, I think like some sixty percent of all of human knowledge have been has been generated, or, or just data, not just knowledge, but just like data and information. That's the word I'm looking for. Sixty percent uh, or something like that of human information available has been generated in the last ten years. Wow. So basically, the theory is like all of these, you know, uh, um, the energy needed to store it the energy needed to write it and just the weight of all those things will add up to the, you know, the planet in a hundred years. So basically they're almost describing it as another phase of matter, right? Solid, liquid, gas, plasma, information. Wow. We're going to be so screwed. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, no. right? Yes, it does. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Unless you think of like servers, which hold a lot of data. Right. But like if you add more to that server, that server doesn't start to weigh more. No, but you need more physical. servers. That's the point. It's true. It's true. You need more servers. What about the cloud? Is the cloud still technically a server somewhere? Or is that just stuff? The cloud bubbles? is not a cloud. The cloud is servers in a server somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any of our listeners who didn't know. Stay on target. Three, I'm falling apart. Stay on target. All right. It's, did you hear about as well, like talk about messed up future? Do you hear that ancestry.com and like a whole bunch of all the subsidiary DNA? 
companies have been bought up by Blackstone Group, which is a private equity firm. Yep. So now a private equity firm owns Everyone's the DNA. Blackstone Group. I, th- I believe, uh, Sean, you may know the answer to this. Blackstone Group, one of the main investors or main owners of Merlin Entertainments. Like, no. There was some somebody that owns them. So Anthony and I have both worked for that company at one point or another in our time. Um, and one of their largest investors or like key owners was, I think it was Blackstone Group. It sounds something just like that. I, I don't know off the top of my head. None of that's really relevant. Yeah, but. it just looks it up. It's true. Blackstone bought Merlin um, in 2005. Yeah. Yeah, Merlin as well. Ooh. Wow. You're watching out for these guys. So they're going to start making wax. You're going to go to a Madame Tussauds, and they're just going to have a wax figure of you and your entire family that they made with your DNA. They were like, you go to Legoland, and it would just be like, here is your Lego village. With your real DNA in it. <laughs> here's, here's, here's a scenario. In 50 years, they will make a clone of you, strap a bomb to you, and carry out a political assassination, and you will go to jail for it because your DNA is all over it. That's a Netflix series I'd watch that, also. That's what we're worried about. That's great. Yeah. And then, and then they'll go to my podcast partners to get testimony, and they'll be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. See the way that guy eats pizza? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, gents. So let, let's let's summarize here. What's going on here with these presidential candidates? Are they exciting? Are they intriguing? Are they kooky enough? I, I, I'm quite frankly, I'll go first. I'll say I'm a little bit disappointed in. Well, before we do that, I, I'm I'm forgetting myself. Let's grade our presidentes, shall we? All right. Uh, Anthony, you want to go first since you're the guest here? What is our scale of measurement here? Our scale is zero to five for our beer. Uh, Presidente, I give a four. It is smooth. It is, you can drink a lot of it if you're in a type of mood for that. Or if you're not, you can stop. Um, Yeah, four. I think a four is a good roundup. You know, it doesn't say too much about it. There's always room for improvement, but yeah, no, force where I'm going. Okay, okay. Um, Sean, uh, well, you know, Andrew, you and I will go, and then Sean, you'll give us the grade for your beer at the end because you're a monarchist, and we just celebrated Treason Day a month ago, Fourth of July. Um, so, uh, Andrew, what do you say about Presidente beer? Um, yeah, I I definitely enjoy it. You know, it is. Not my type of go-to beer, I think, as as is evident from most of the beers we drink on the podcast or the things that we've all, or I've rated higher, um, you know, more of a, a lager or an ale or, you know, the IPAs and things like that are kind of my, more of a go-to for me. Um, all of that said, you know, I had an interesting conversation with, with some family friends, older folks talking about, like, you know, their fathers and like, what would be, like, my grandfather and, like, my father's friends and, their, you know, we'll that age group and they were like imagine giving them an ipa today they would be like what the hell is i want a beer what is this so that has me thinking you know this is still just like your kind of traditional beer you know and with all of that in mind it's very good you know i'm i wouldn't go out of my way for it myself personally but it's very good i think you made a great point earlier tomo it 
just is a, would be a great beer on a hot day, especially if it's really hot yeah. and you mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. actually genuinely want your beer to be refreshing. Not like any IPA, even the best one is like, yeah. not going to like cool you off and give you, uh, you're going to want like a glass of water if it's that hot, but this could kind of do the trick. Um, so yeah, I definitely like it. You know, like I said, not my go-to, I guess I would give it, um, for me, I give it a three and a half. Okay. 3.5. All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I'll just, I guess, reiterate your guys point. I think this is a nice beer. This is an easy drinkable beer. Um, there's nothing offensive about it to me. Uh, it's got enough body. It's a Pilsner, which is traditionally a light beer anyway. On a hot day, you know, and, and what's our gauge on the podcast? Our, our big gauge on the podcast is if there was a barbecue and this was the only beer there, would you be okay with it? Yeah, I'd be fine with that. You know, I'd have my burgers, have my hot dogs, drink that beer happily and go home. And I, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like jumping with joy, but I'd be, I guess, pleased and just like, this is a nice beer. And like you said, it's a, on a super hot day. This is a great beer, I think, because it is refreshing. It's got a nice level of carbonation. Like I said, it's got a, 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 a fairly good flavor. Uh, nothing too complex, clear, crisp. Uh, that being all of that being said, I give it um, yeah, probably. I, I'm probably with you, Andrew. A three five. Um, and for those of you, I mean, at this point, this is episode eighty three. We've had. 80 beers and drinks and that kind of stuff. So three, five is actually pretty high on the scale. It doesn't sound, it sounds like it's in the middle. It's not because it's really the great, the curve just goes exponential from that point on. Cause we've never really had anything higher than a four, six, a four, seven. I think we had, might've had something, but that's it. We haven't found that amazing beer, but like I said, this is a solid beer. If somebody gives this to me, I'm not hating it. Um, I'm taking it. I'm just going to throw that out there for your hundredth episode. I think you need to have a beer off. Well, I think you're it, it, actually, I'm glad you bring that up because we were talking about how, because we have the countdown. We've had the countdown now three years in a row. And the first year we did the superhero movies and the second year we did the bond movies. And this year we did the Spielberg movies. Oh, I know I was, I was referenced for hook. Yeah. My, worked. yeah. Oh yeah. We talked a lot of shit about you. Yes, we did. Yeah, you did. I Yes, we did. And can I just say, Anthony, from the bottom of our hearts, your taste in movies is shit. Oh, my God. How could Hook be your favorite Spielberg movie? I, Andrew, I, I want to fight you against it, but I also justified how much I love Josie and the Pussycats in this. So I really can't even, like, back myself up here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Andrew's movie was E.T. Yours was Hook. I was like, my fucking God, what is happening with the children nowadays? This is awful. E.T. is a great movie, and I will defend it to the death. Garbage. I heard the only writer. thing I would I, – there may be real – like I love Hook. I don't know if you remember this. I was the one person that liked Hook. But remember. I I heard someone recently talking about Hook as like a point of the thing that they disliked the most about it, which didn't make sense, which I never realized as a kid. But now I'm like, yeah, that really makes sense. Is There's a bit at the end where Rufio dies. Like Rufio full on dies, and all the kids are just like – Huh. Yeah, we've we've said that 
We said that in a podcast. I brought that up because I was just like, because I was just like, I was like, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about that. I didn't realize it's that podcast. Okay, there you go. This is so meta right now. I'm freaking out. That's a perfect, perfect transition for for Sean to give us the review of that beer because it seems to be doing the trick. Yes, Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, this is a good beer. This is a nice beer. Um, uh, it's weird. How, there's something weird about Belgian beers where, like, I guess I taste a Belgian beer and they taste so specific that I associate the taste of Belgium with Belgian beers. So I'll taste a Belgian beer and I'll be like, that tastes like Belgium to me. Because it just tastes so specific. I don't know if anyone else has that. But it does taste very Belgian me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've never tasted Belgian, so I can't tell what Belgium tastes like. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> Apparently, the ABV is really good because Sean's losing. Seriously, I am, my drunkenness scale has gone up like four points in the past minute. In the second, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's me now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, good beer. Um, tastes, uh, you know, tastes like beer, uh, <laughs> looks like beer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, it's nice. It's fine. It's uh, it's good. <laughs> uh, What's the fucking grade? Quickly, okay, get to yeah. it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a. Uh, I'll give it a four point three. Wow. Okay, that's high marks from Sean. Yeah. No, it's a good beer. It's it's nice. It's um, I've like one in a can and a half in, and I like pretty i mean i'm in a warm room i've not been drinking that much yeah so you know but it you know it's a big um big can and stuff and um it's tasty it's a nice beer it's interesting to say you were mentioning before about how uh the good thing about presidente is you can drink loads of it or whatever and i was thinking when you said about the ipas and old people drinking ipas it's one of the things that i genuinely have a problem with now when i go back to england and because i don't go back that often i go back once a year usually in the last year i haven't gone because of everything um but i actually struggle to find beer i enjoy in england now because we're spoiled for choice for beer in this country like it's an explosion of microbreweries and england like what you're saying about presidente it's not built for single glass consumption right. it's built for beer you can drink for a session and people regularly drink six to eight pints of beer a session like you'll go out to the pub and you'll drink like six pints of beer and that's normal like there are people that drink 15 pints and they'll be carried out like that's how it is in england so all the beer is catered to that like it's catered to being able to drink that amount of beer be able to be alive so i can only drink beer. Like, Guinness is basically the only domestic, semi-domestic beer that I can drink in Britain that 
I think is everything else just tastes like ugh, yeah. to me. Yeah. No. So what's the grade? <laughs> I said. Yeah. Oh, four point three. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. That's my. That's my bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a, it's a nice beer. You should drink. You know, have a little go. It's nice, nice beer. I would I would like to say that I almost got, even though I didn't. The reason I didn't is because it didn't make any sense to the theme, and I was going for something thematic. I noticed because I got this in Stu Leonard's, which I recommend. Stu Leonard's a very nice little place. I enjoy their uh, products, but they had the Stone Cold Steve Austin beer that I was raving about before, Ooh. and then. They had like whole, the, the largest amount of it I've seen, the IPA, the Broken Skull IPA, which I had a month or two ago that I've been searching for for ages as like an embarrassing wrestling fan. Um, and it was the best IPA I'd ever had. And Stu Leonard's have it in abundance. Okay. So, I will go have to, to yeah, I will have to go find it because I was going to say the exception to what Andrew said with the IPAs in the summertime. That six point Bengali IPA, dude. I'll drink that. Oh, that Bengali is great. That is, oh, yeah. that was a freaking amazing IPA. That's a good, good IPA. It's great. It's have to me down, so I'll have to just believe you guys in that one. Oh, dude, you, uh, so good, so good, so good. Great beer. They they really balanced the hops and the citrus. Has have never been balanced so well in a beer. Really, really well. They they, they did a fantastic job. So let's let let's close the session here then on this uh, marathon of an episode. What do we think is going on with all these candidates? What do we think is I guess what's going on? What is their purpose for this? What do they think they can accomplish when you know for the most part at best they get on to like ten states ballots? I'll start us off. Um, I think I think it's it, kind of like we said earlier. You know there are. Some people that are just trying to raise awareness for a certain issue, like the rent is too damn high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I do think sometimes it is, it just comes from a place of trying to trying to promote one issue. And this is the availability for uh, the, uh, the opportunity, I should say, to, to get on a platform and promote that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think in a lot of cases, and, and I'm stealing, the, this is, I'm inferring this, after what Sean said, and that was so accurate about how the majority of them are white men. Um, and then also because of what's going on with Kanye, I think in a lot of cases, it's simply just uh, ego or arrogance or ego. And someone just wants the attention on them for some reason. Um, and I hope that's what's, I, I, I can only think that's what's going on with Kanye other than that people are saying he's having like a, psychotic breakdown as well so i have no idea um so yeah so i think it's you know people trying to promote certain issues and then i also think there's a lot of just self-centered egotistical people that have money and the opportunity to just do this and waste people's time just to just to publicize themselves sure sure yeah i said a similar thing earlier where it's like bringing uh national attention to topics um if, if I had to pick a different answer, I would say that some people want to be like what I would say for uh, Jimmy Million, they want to be on a national platform in terms of fame, becoming memes, becoming well-known, becoming historical figures. You know, you look back, uh, what was his name? Uh, Eugene. 
Eugene Debs, he was a person who ran for political office from prison. Like there are people who have made these points through history because of things they did that were out of the normal. Mm. You know, we're probably going to be talking about Jimmy McMillian and the rent's too high for many, for a long time. Berman Supreme. That um, uh, K.W. Miller, the guy who said that Beyonce is not actually African-American and that she's Italian. Like these are people we are going to reference in history for a while because of their because if that was true then people in Jersey would call her beyond (laughs) (laughs) besides bringing points to their actual platforms they want to make themselves a notable point of history and that's how they're doing in today's culture Hmm. okay Sean um I, the, like I said, all white men, the whole, the, almost every single person, I think it's just the fragility of men is the answer to almost every single person. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to it, each one of those could sit down in a therapist's office and they all have one common factor, which is at some point in their life, whether it was recent or a long time ago, it made an impact on them that one person said some shitty thing to them that made them feel fragile. And now they're running for president. It was either their wife yesterday when they were like, you're a good for nothing piece of shit. Like, why can't you just get your fucking act together? Or it was like Tommy Smith 30 years ago in kindergarten who was like, your toy is stupid. My toy is good. And he was like, oh, it, 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 one of these things. And they and their solution has, has just been, well, I'll show you because I'll be president. Because that's the weird country that America is, is that we're in a situation of, you know what can fix your problem is, well, I'll be president. <laughs> like, American dream. Like, it's not about everybody else. It's not about the country it's not about america it's not about what can we do for everybody else how can we improve the collective uh, narrative it's like no what will make me feel better about myself until the fact until about the fact that basically one day i'm gonna shit myself and die which is everybody's reality (laughs) and it's i'll be president (laughs) and i think that's and that's what it is that's i yeah well I, i i mean i'll i'll give my two cents for what they're worth, they're probably not worth very much because it costs more money to build a penny than it's worth. Um, I will say it all breaks down to getting laid, making money. Doesn't everything. Pimping hoes. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I've been around for a while, so yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, you know? Um, because, I, like you guys said, one... And I think that's the problem that people, there's a matter of side of the issue you're on that people don't realize. People will not accept the negatives of their candidates, of themselves, of whoever, right? AOC is like the hero to everybody. It's like, yeah, but you know, for all we know, she's a, I mean, I don't know the woman, I've never met her. Her ideas, I like a lot of her ideas, but it's at the same time, it's like, you know how ego driven and just like arrogant. And only things you have to be to to do these things, and it's not necessarily a negative. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of like you watch Michael Jordan. 
And my opinion on Michael Jordan, because I was, you know, I was huge into basketball when he was around and all that. My opinion of him, even when I was a kid, I was like, he seems like such a prick. And then you see the documentaries, it's like, yeah, he's a prick. But you know what? He's a prick. He's got an ego. It's all that stuff. That's why he was so successful. That's why he's got the kind of money he does. You know, it, it, all these things. And I think, like I said, just basically get laid and getting the money. And that's what all these people do. It's like getting some fame. I generally believe some people get into it for the right reasons. But in the end, I mean, when all, all that money is getting thrown at you, how can you not get corrupted? Yeah, I don't think you can trust it. Like inherently, I feel like I can't trust anyone who's in that position just because I think the most uncomfortable I've – well, not probably the most, but one of the most like ingrained in my memories uncomfortable I've ever felt personally, and I'm a performer because you're always trying to fight your biggest fears. The, the, the most uncomfortable I remember being is at my own wedding is that awkward, terrible, stupid thing that you have to do that you don't think about beforehand where you have to go around and speak to every person at every table and make sure everybody's having a good time and pretend that you know everyone and pretend that like, ha, 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 ha. Like that was the – I hated that. And it makes me feel like, oh, it makes me quiver to think about it because it was so awful because it was all me. And it was all like pretending that it was about the other person for five minutes because the whole everything is about me. I hated that. But basically to be a successful politician, that's the one thing you need to be able to do better than anything. Like that is literally their job. If you can make a a high rank politician, the one thing that they do more than anything is that is just – working a room and making everyone feel special and making everyone feel like they listen to. And I can't think of anything I would rather hate. (laughs) The fact that someone has to like, not only be good at that, but I assume you like that instantly, wherever your politics lie, I, I, I'd be, I couldn't probably be your friend. Right. Like Barack Obama or like, Ronald Reagan, you're just either way. I'm like, there's something about you, dude, that's really fucking weird. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, yeah. But uh, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. By the way, it was a pleasure getting to meet y'all and getting to spend some time with you. Thank you so much for joining us, Anthony. Uh, once again, congratulations to your sister. I hope it's going well. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. she's refusing an epidural. Crazy. Okay. She's doing well. Okay. Good. Good. And well, all right. So that's episode 83, folks. It's a long one, but it is presidential politics. I think next time we should be talking about the WAP. The song? Go for it. I mean, just the WAP, because, I mean, that's really kind of in the jargon now. Carol Baskin went after them for the WAP video. What's a WAP? It's a wet ass, you know. It's a Cardi B song. If you can, if you can figure out a way to to get through whatever uh, parental controls are on your internet right now, Google it and just watch the video, and then we'll talk next. Sean, I will do a quick drive by. Just give me your address, and I'll like shoot something from like a, a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like you said, Andrew, there's some weird filters going on the internet. People can't see. If I want to see any action, I have to type "good old Christian intimacy." Into Google. Actually, they don't have Google. It's Yahoo. I've, in Yahoo, Christian intimacy, uh, and I just get 
what I get. Shona is an Amish country. I've said it before. I'll say it again. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening to us, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, Anthony, for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. And everyone else, have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.